Let's get going. We're on the very first line. And we are quoting the Mishnah, which got into the Machlaikas. Um, we're discussing the latter by the, by the birdhouse. Um, if it is inside of the uh, birdhouse, you set aside particular birds that are inside, and then you find the birds in front. How do you know that these are the ones that are not mukta? If these are the ones you designated. So Allah is, if they're in a different place, it's going to be Asr. All right, let's get going. Zog the Gemara. Let's say that there's a proof When you have Rav, same swara we said earlier. When you have Rav, majority of birds, okay? And for example, over here, majority of birds are going to be mukta. Most birds in the world are not the ones that you set aside. Or you have karav, you have a bird that's closer, which would be not mukta, because we're going to assume if it's right next to the birdhouse, this is the one you set aside, and we're saying it's mukta, you see that rive outweighs a karav. Amrabai, Abai says, no, bedav. We're dealing with, it was a daf. What's a daf? There was a, a little uh, beam, a little bit of a ledge, that stuck out in front of the uh, in front of the birdhouse, and um, over here there's room to say because there's a there's a little ledge. There's room to say that these birds came from elsewhere. It didn't necessarily come from right next door. Uh, Rabba Amar Rabba says Bishnei Kinim Zulam We're dealing with two Kinim. Two Kinim means there's like two. Uh, nests to living areas one on top of the other and you set aside one of them to be your yontif birds and now you find nothing inside memela there's really no proof to say that karav is gonna is a greater svara than rive arrives a greater svara than the karav because there's a there's an equal chance over here of it uh, being a being one of the birds that are not designated the same way it was one of that was because again there's two different places over here and you don't know which one it it uh, exited from. But let me buy and we don't even need to talk about certainly in a place where you set aside one of the doves in the lower nests and you do not set aside one in the in the uh, upper nests and now you find by the lower one instead of the upper one the asrina. There we're going to say it's going to be Aser, Da'amrinon, why? Because we're going to say, We'll say that the ones that you set aside, Lekavad Yamtif, in the lower one, flew the coop. Vahanach, and these in the upper ones, Ishtarvu ve'ishtarvi v'nachas. They just walked downwards, right? They, they, they went down the steps to the lower nest. Ella, afilu You could even say, when you have the when you set aside burns in the upper nest, and now you find them in the lower one. I'm sorry, you, you set aside ones in the upper one and not the lower one. And then you find in the upper one, the same place, and none in the bottom one. Which is a bigger Kiddush. Why? Because you'll even over there, I, one, one second, I set aside birds in the upper nest. I'm finding birds in the upper nest. Why would it be Muktza? I'll tell you why. Because since there's two entrance, since there's another nest connected to it, another home connected to it, you're going to have to assume that the two that you find maybe came from the bottom, which is a major chiddush. Yeah, you're going to have to assume 
that the ones you designated maybe flew the coop, and the ones on top possibly were from the bottom, even though that, that's how machmir were going to be over here. From such a, this is the most far-fetched svara, and we're still being machmir. Okay. We said if you set aside birds and um, there was no other birds around, then everything looks good, it seems good, it is good, and it's mutter to take these birds. Okay, basic case. In other words, I set aside birds, I come back the next day, they're there. Now, how do I know it's they? So, hechidami. What's going on? If we're talking about birds that that fly away, you can possibly say, maybe the ones that you set aside before are gone. And even though I set aside two before Yomtev, and I'm coming back and there's two, maybe it's a different two. Rather, we're dealing with birds that are medodim. Medodim means they cannot fly. They can move around, but they can't fly. So, if there's another cane, another, uh, we'll call it, another birdhouse, another nest, within 50 amas, so they can move from one to the other, and therefore, we're going to have a problem. Because the birds that I originally set aside may be left, and the other ones hopped on over. But if there's no other way, and there's no other coop that could have gotten here, so I know that it's my two that I set aside, or whatever, however many birds I set aside. Right? And, um, anytime you have birds that don't fly, they just hop around, they're, gonna, they're, they're not going to go more... Then uh, they're not going to go more than 50 amas away. So the Gemara here is not asking a challenging question. The Gemara here is trying to just um, extrapolate from the diukim, from the however we're inferring the chiddush is. We're trying to figure out what exactly is the case. So right now we're assuming the case is when I set aside birds, I come back the next day, I'm allowed to assume it's the same birds. It's when the birds don't fly. And there's no other coop within 50 amas. Says the Gemara, no, not necessarily. Maybe there's another, uh, another nest or birdhouse within 50 amas. We're going to come up with Karen Zavis. But we're dealing with a Karen Zavis. Karen Zavis literally is a corner. And over here we're talking about a 90, the, the pigeon homes, okay, these, these bird homes are on a 90-degree angle from each other. So, mahu de tema, I would have thought to say, that maybe, since it's less than 50 amas away, the birds are going to go near each other. Kamash balan, the Mishnah is letting us know, that birds don't go, birds that cannot fly, won't go far away enough from the nest that they can't see their nest anymore. And therefore, if you have a Karen Zavis, I set aside birds in a pigeon, uh, in, a, in a pigeon coop, in a birdhouse, whatever we call it, on the north side. And then there's another birdhouse on the west side. 
even if they're within 50 amas of each other, I'm allowed to assume my birds on the north side are the same ones. Because you, you won't say it's one of the west ones that hopped over, because the west ones never turn the corner. They never go so far from their nest that they can't see it anymore. Okay? If it doesn't see it anymore, it's not going to go so far, and therefore you're allowed to assume it was within 50 amas. So basically what we just ended off with, um, Pashat is the Mishnah says that you set aside birds, you come back the next day, it's the same birds. The Gemara is bothered. How do you know it's the same birds? So we gave a couple options. Okay? One way you know it's the same birds is that they don't fly. Everybody, according to Boshua, these birds don't fly. Otherwise, you're going you're to have to assume that maybe it flew it. They don't fly, and it's on a 90-degree angle, so they can't see. That's one way to assume that it's the same birds. Another way to assume is that it's more than 50 amas away. Beautiful. Okay. End of that Gemara. Zuck the Mishnah. Mishamir and Mishamir says, and by the way, we learned this Mishnah just the other day. So we're familiar with this. We're dealing with, we're going to be dealing over the next couple Mishnayas with these um, beams that sometimes are used to crush things and a person or, or um, vendors hang their things on it. And now um, I want to use it to cut up, butcher my meat for Yom Tif, Right? We quoted this Mishnah earlier. And we're also going to get into the back into the story of the tris. That's going to be the next Mishnah. Uh, the story of the tris, the shutters that they have in Eretz Yisrael, right? Whether you want to take it out and serve it as a serving tray. Okay, so that, that these are the two Mishnayas that uh, we will be handling. Bez Hashem. All right. There's a, we got two, two Mishnayas on, the, on this daf. Here we go. You're not let to take the beam that's usually used for grinding and, and cut up meat on it. You're not allowed to put the skins out. We're in a place where you know they're going to be trampled on. You're not, the whole thing's mukta. You're not to lift it up unless it's got a kazai's of meat on it. Right? Because the meat makes it no longer mukta. Bizol says... Ain't no thing like a chicken wing. No problem whatsoever. Even if there's no meat, it is allowed. Zok Gemara. Tana v'lanet v'raisa. V'shav and everybody agrees. She'em kitzeb olav basar. That if a person's chopping meat on it, she'asar le'taltalai. Okay? That um, um, he's not allowed once he's done the avayda to move it. Once he's done the action that he needs, l'kavad yamdif. You're done. It's now going to be mukta. Amar Abayi says machlekes ba'eli. The machlekes is this crushing beam. Avo betabara garmi divrei hakol mutter. A regular cutting board for meat. Everyone's going to agree. It's fine. Pshita elitnan. Okay. Why would I think a, a regular cutting board for meat? Um, I think it's called right. What's a meat board? Is that called a meat board? When you, when you slice meat on it, a carving board, something like that, right? Sigmar says the Mishnah talks about a crushing beam. Why would I think, why, why even mentioning a meat board here not being muktzah? Why would it be muktzah? So Gemara says, Mahu I would have thought to say, that maybe even a carving board or a board that's used to cut up meat also should be muktzah once you're finished with it. Okay, once you're finished with it, maybe it's muktzah. Maybe the reason why we're mentioning this beam is just tell us the chiddush of his whole kula. Even something that's a davar malachte list is usually used for crushing. Over here, if I want to use it to chop off my meat, it's going to be okay. But 
Of course, a butcher's uh, board is going to be fine too. Kumashmo and Dibrabai lets us know that no, even Beishamai agrees that when it comes to the, the uh, butcher board, the meat board, um, it's, it's not Muktzi. There are those who learn the discussion a little differently. Amr Abai says, We're even dealing with a new one that was never established as a cutting board. I would have said, listen, you never used it for meat yet. Maybe you'll change your mind and use it for something else. Okay, And what's going to happen? So now you, you use something that wasn't, you, you touch something and move something that wasn't needed for yomtin. Okay? Until you actually cut meat on it, what is it? Just a tray. Not a lot of stomp schlep trays. Slabs. You can't, you can't just schlep, schlep wooden slabs on yomtin. If you already used it to cut meat, it's, it's got a status of a meat board. But if it hasn't been used yet, maybe there's a concern. And we'll say, oh, shkoyach, you're picking it up to bring it, but if you change your mind. Then you move something muktzah because it doesn't have a status of a meepur yet. Kamash malon, the rabbi let us know that it's not that it's not muktzah. It's fine. It's set aside to be a meat board, even if it's not used yet. It is a meat board. There's no concern. Is that not concerned that he might change his mind? Vatanya. We learned in the rabbi. Beishamai says, "Emelichin tabach v'sakin eitzah behemi." You're not allowed to uh, lead a tabach, a shaychet, the sakin, and his shchita knife eitzah behemi. To an animal, you let it walk them one to the other. Now, why would it be a problem to for to schlep your wares over to the animal, or to schlep the animal over to uh, to schlep the animal over to the shaykhit? Why would it be a problem? Because you might come to change your mind, and then you drag you schlep something that is muktzah. You can't even take spices to be crushed on yamtiv. Nor can you take the crusher to the spices. You could. There's no concern. You can change your mind. The bottom line is, ask the Gemara a question. I understand something. Beishamai says that you're, that well, there's a concern somebody might change your mind, and you ended up schlepping muktza. So why, by the meat board that hasn't been used yet, does Beishamai allow me to schlep the new, brand new meat board to go cut, uh, potentially cut the meat? Maybe he's going to change his mind. As going to turn out, you slept something muktza. Sigmar says, no question. What type of question is that? When it comes to an animal, you might change your mind to Omar. You're going to say, You can always find a better one. Yeah? All right. No, you, you brought it out. You, you're going to bring your animal to the Shaykhit. And then you're going to be like, eh, you know what? I thought I'd find one that's a little more gezunt. And by the Kedera as well. The food you want to cook, yeah, he could also change his mind. The Amar Nishbak Hakadera the Bai Tavla. Yeah, I'll prefer ready made uh, uh, ready made soup. I don't even grind up my spices. But Hacha, Michael Amemar, Nimlach Bai Tabar, what are you going to say? He doesn't need to cut up his meat. Kivan Deshachta Latvira Kaima. Listen, it's already waiting to be cut. Nobody leaves huge law. There's no Svara. Why, when you have a huge, long slab of shechted animal, and you want to bring your your big cutting board now to cut it up, what's stopping you from doing that? Nothing. It never hurts to have a smaller piece. Even if you have more people for yomtev for yasuda, you'll take two of them. Big deal, right? There's no, there's nothing to change your mind with. When it comes to spices, you can have a better meal. When it comes to actually shechting the animal, you might have a better animal. When you have meat that needs to be cut up, 
it's a lot more far-fetched you won't end up using it and therefore Beishamai will say it's okay to bring a brand new uh, cutting board uh, and there's less of a concern of changing your mind. Period. End of that Gemar. Beautiful. Two dots. We're now about eight, nine lines from the bottom of Yud Aleph Amud Aleph. Beishamai says that when you shech the animal, you're not allowed to take the skin, the hide, and lay it out in front of people to trample on it. Okay. A ton of we learned in the price of Shavit. Everyone is equal. Everyone agrees. Shemalchin alav basar litzli. Okay? Um, you're allowed to salt your meat while the skin is there. Okay? Now, what would be the problem? What would be the problem? So Rashi tells us that salting something is not only for the kashas of the meat, but in order to turn the skins, the hide, into leather, they would salt it. So maybe we should have a concern. We do have a concern. You not let it just go ahead and salt your skins directly. That's part of the preparation process for leather. However, Zuck the Gemara, the Brisa says, everyone will agree that if there's meat still attached to the skin, you're allowed to salt your meat, even if some of the salt will end up going on the skin. It's not called, it's not called uh, tanning or turning it into leather. That's not, that's not, it's called salting meat, even if something, okay. Amr Abayabai says, Leishanu Ella Litzli. All right, this is only true. When you're doing it for roasting, Avala Kadeira, when it's for cooking, you're not allowed to do that. Okay? Now, this, many of us just buy our meat in the supermarket with a hexer on it. So we're not as familiar with this. But the salting process for cooking needs to be a lot stronger than the salting process for roasting itself removes blood from the meat. And it could be part of a, could be a koshering process. When you're not roasting and having the blood drip out, rather you're cooking something in water if the blood comes out, it's going to go right back in. So they had to salt it much better when it was cooking. So says Abaye, this that you're allowed to salt meat with the skin on it, and there's no concern about the tanning and preparing the hides, is when you're doing a little bit of salt, like roast. You're going to be roasting the meat. You don't need to salt it as much. But if you're going to be cooking the meat, that's so much salt, you're not allowed to do it. That's taka considered part of the hide preparation. Says more pshita. Let's lead time. It says you only let to do it if you do it for roasting. Even if you're roasting it, you're not allowed to put on the amount of salt that is used for cooking. Okay? So, for example, somebody's roasting their meat, but they want to put on a ton of salt. And they say, we don't want to rely on the roasting taking out the blood. We're going to salt it very, very well. Okay? Gag is unto hate. You're allowed to do that, but not on yomtiv. Because if you do that on yomtiv, and there's still the skins attached, that's called salting skins. So then you would not be allowed to put on so much salt, whether you end up roasting it or cooking it, now that to put on the level of salt needed for cooking. All right. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learned in Soshui. Ein you shouldn't salt chalavim. Chalavim are forbidden fats. And you also should not turn them over. Okay? You shouldn't turn it over. Um, 
we're going to get into this in Amad Beis. I don't want to get too involved right now. Keep in mind that we're not allowed to eat the chilev. Okay? We'll see why people are going to be salting it. But you, even though you're not allowed to eat the chilev, you're allowed to get benefit from it. We're going to get into this a little bit. Let's just read this, Bryson. Again, you're not allowed to salt the chilev and turn them over. They said the name of Bishua. Shaitcham baruach al gabe ye seide. Shaitcham means to like spread it out. You let it spread it out. Al gabe ye seide. on top of pillars. Okay, this is part of the drying process. Amr of Masna, halacha Rabbi Shua. Ikadamri Amr of Masna, ain't halacha Rabbi Shua. Now let's explain Rabbi Shua's thing where, again, Rabbi Shua is letting us know that you're allowed to spread out these forbidden fats on these pillars in order to dry them out. Because I would have thought to say, otherwise, that usually when there's a Kerabim, we have a Tanakama, Tanakama is assumed uh, to be majority opinion over Rabbi Yeshua. And therefore, let's know Allah is like Rabbi Shua. Fine. If you say we don't pass in like Rabbi Yehuda, like Rabbi Shua, of course you don't pass. You don't have to tell me in Allah Rabbi Shua. Whenever you have more Tanoim arguing on one Tana, we follow those, we follow the right, we follow the majority. Says, no, it's still important to tell me that we don't pass in like Rabbi Shua. Why? I would have thought to say, Mr. Times Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua has got a much more logical Savara. Why? The Eloi Sharisle, because if you don't allow the person to go lay out and dry out his chalev, guess what? He's going to say, you know, my chalev is going to go bad. And we'll see why he's going to want his chalev. But if I can't end up with any value from the chalev, I'm, it's not even worth me to shecht my animal in the first place to have simchas yamtiv. And if we don't allow him to do it, you may cause people to not even have a Gishmaki Yom Suda and to not have meat at the Yom table. Kamash Falan, therefore, the Chiddush is that still, despite that Svara, we still paskin that even though Rabbi Yeshua says you're allowed to, you're allowed to uh, spread out the Chalev and dry it out, the Allah is no. It's not allowed. Fine. Says the Gemara, let's get into this whole Chalev thing. What's with the Chalev, the forbidden fats? He wants to spread it out, salt it, turn it over. What's going on over here? Says the Gemara, one second. By the skins that are going to be trampled on, okay? So Beishamai says, you're not allowed to lay it out. You're not allowed to lay out the skins. Beishamai says, you are. You're allowed to lay it out. But over here, it seems that everybody's also arguing on Rabbi Yeshua, and everybody's saying, you're not allowed to spread out your chilev in order to dry it. What's the difference between laying out your skins and laying out your chilev? Maishnami arlefnei adarsam. Top of Amadvez. And for the Gemara, Hasam Lai Mukha Milsa. I'll tell you why. Why do you lay out the skins, even if it's in an area, um, even if it's in an area where people are going to um, trample on it? It's not clear that you're laying it out for the purpose of turning it into leather. Because people very often, right? Nowadays we have throw rugs and carpet on the floor and things like that. But people would take raw skins that they weren't turning into eyes and they never wanted to sit on the floor and not get sandy 
they would lay out the skin and plop on it. No, because of the hay. So just because you're laying it out, does it mean that you want it to be part of the tanning process? No, it very much may, may mean you just don't want to get your pants dirty. But a hacha, but by the chalev, people are going to think, my time is surely a bun. Why are they allowing me to spread out the chalev? So let them spoil. So if, if I want to make sure it doesn't spoil, I should be allowed to salt it as well. And you're not allowed to salt on Yomtif, Midai Raisa. And there was a Chalmah say, the same, since you're not allowed to salt, that we don't want to, people to start thinking that it is permitted to salt, we're not going to allow them to spread it out. Again, because the spreading process of the Chalev is a, what's the word we're looking for? It is a preservative. It's meant to preserve the chalev. Salt is also a preservative. So there's a concern. If we allow you to spread it out, to dry it out, to preserve it, you may think, oh, okay, I could preserve it this way, I could preserve it with salt as well, and that's not true. The person is let a salt, many pieces of meat together. Even if you need only one piece for yanti, you're not going to serve all the meat, but you shakht an animal, and now you want a salt. You don't know exactly how much you're going to use, but you know it's more than what you need to use. So Rashi says, as long as it's one maisa, as long as one action, you can have multiple pieces together. Um, and Rav Ada Bar Ava also, he's, uh, this is what he would do. This is what he would do. Um, and um, he would basically, the, the shtick he would pull, uh, he didn't do that, but he would basically say, you know, maybe I'm going to change my mind and want more meat. He would just salt multiple pieces, like for just in case. That also is permitted. Period. End of that Gemara. And now we're up to the next Mishnah. Zokt der Mishnah. Seven, eight lines. Eight lines. Nine lines. Nine lines. Nine lines to the top of Yod, Aleph, Omod, base. All right, and Bez Hashem, hopefully we'll get to the, there's another mission on the top of your base of Aleph. Hopefully we'll be able to do this entire mission out with the Gemara here this evening. We learned this Mishnah. Beishamah Yomer. Ein Mesalkin es atchisen beyontif. Beishamah says, you're not allowed to take your blinds, your shutters, like the tris in Eretz Yisrael, you're not allowed to take it off on Yomtif. You're removing something from a building edifice. Why would I want him to take it off? So remember we learned because it was strong and sturdy. And people would use it to serve food on them. Bishama says, you're not allowed to take it off. Bishol Matir says, take it off, use it for your suda, no problem, you can even put it back. No issue whatsoever. Okay. My treason, what are treason? Amar Ulula says, treason chanuyais. These are um, blinds or shutters of chanuyas, of stores. V'yomar Ula. And Ula says, The three things that come allowed um, to be done because of the way things were originally. The Eluhain. And these are they. These are the three cases. Or Lefneha Darsam. You're allowed to lay out skins in a place where you know that people are going to trample on it. Okay? Now, laying out... Keep in mind, what do you mean that you're allowed to do it now because of original? Right? What, what does that mean? Why are we allowing people to step on it now? 
because we're concerned that if we don't allow you to lay out the, the hides, people aren't even originally going to shecht meat for yomtiv. And they're not going to have meat at the yomtiv table. Because they're going to say, oh, listen, one second, why would I shecht? I'm, uh, the value of the skin is going to go to waste. So the Chum said, oh, the Chum said, you could even lay out the skins. They allowed you to do it at the end because they wanted you to do something in the beginning. They want to make sure that you shecht. So you have meat, so they allow you to do this now. And also the Trisei Chanuyais. Okay? Um, Trisei Chanuyais is the case we just gave of the shutters, these blinds. Basil says, listen, people need their trissin up. And people also need a way to hold their meat, a way to hold their food. If we don't allow people to, uh, if we don't allow people to take out their uh, their trissin, so they're not going to take it off at all. They're going to leave it on because it protects their storefront, the face, whatever it is. And um, uh, people aren't going to have food for yomtiv. We want to make sure people keep their stores open. Okay. The chazeres retia b'mikdash. And also to put back a chazeres retia in the mikdash. Okay, this time about a bandage that a kayan wears, usually a, a can of a chatzitza between the begadim of the kayan and his body. Over here, um, we allow the, the bandage to be put back on top of the kayan. V'rachva Amar of Yehuda, Rachva says the name of Yehuda, Afa Pesei Even a case where a person opens up a chavis, a barrel, umaschil bi'isosai, or he starts a dough, al-gabaregel on yomtiv, aliva der Yehuda, the Omar Yigmar. And this following the pin of Yehuda, who says that um, you're allowed to sell things afterwards. Okay. So says the Gemara like this. Oh, by, by the way, this last case of um, opening up the new barrel and selling the new dough the, is dealing specifically where you want to make sure that on a regal, where a lot of people are going to be going to the base Hamikdash, there's no tumma whatsoever. Everything's kept in the state of, of a tara. And there's a concern if you have something that's open, you're going to have people who don't know Hilchas Tumma and Tara. They're going to go ahead and touch it. So the halakha over here is that a person is allowed to sell things that are left over from Yom Tif even to... Uh, even to an Amaretz. Otherwise, they're not going to, these sellers aren't going to open up even to a non Amaretz, even to a Tabachachim. Because otherwise, the sellers of the wine and the sellers of the dough are not going to start preparing enough because there's, they're going to be concerned that whatever's left over after the state of leniency is just going to go to waste. So we allow the leniency to continue. Okay. Arlefnei Adars. We said you're allowed to lay out the skins for people, even though people are going to walk on it. Tanina. That was our mission on Amara. Uh, that was our mission we learned uh, well beforehand. Maho de Tema, Tamayo de Beisilal, Mishum de Chazi, Lemizga Alayu. The reason for Beisilal that you're allowed to lay out the skins is because, like we said, maybe you just don't want to get your pants dirty. Okay? A few of Yamtiv Nami, and therefore it should even be allowed um, when you cut it up before Yamtiv. I should be allowed to lay my skins. Even when I shechted it before Yamtiv, I would say, allow me to lay out the skins. Why? Because maybe people just want to keep their pants dirty. Maybe people want to keep their pants clean. They don't want to get dirty. Therefore, the Chiddush is, Dafka, when you shecht it on Yom Tif, you have this leniency. 
Mashmalan, he tiru seifa mishum tchilaisa. Yomtiv in, there of Yomtiv lay. Only if you shechted on Yomtiv are you allowed to lay out the skins. But if you shechted before Yomtiv, there's no, uh, there's no leniency. Right? The blinds, the shutters. We also learned in the Mishnah, Bissil Matir and Aflahaksir. Bissil says you're allowed to put it back. What's the Chiddush? Ma'utema, I would have thought to say, Tamayu de Bissil. The reason for Bissil, that, like we said, that you're allowed to take it off and put it back, is Mishum, the ain't binyan bekalim. There's no binyan by Kalim. Maybe I would say that the shutters, the blind, the, these blinds themselves, these trisim, are, are never, it's a kli, so it's never called part of a building. The ain't stira bekalim. And there's no, no stira by Kalim. Vafilu de Botim Nami. And this applies even if it's part, even if it's inside the house. Kamash comes along. Let us know. He tiru seifa mishum tchilas. And the Chum allowed the end part because of the the uh, what's going to happen in the beginning. Yeah, we want to make sure people keep their stores open to sell things for yomtiv. The chanuya is in the bottom line. They're letting us know you're only allowed to take the shutters off of stores for this particular reason. But you're not allowed to take your trisin off your house windows. To use because you don't have the svara, you don't have this logic. Ula is coming to qualify this hill of statement. This hill just gave a statement: shutters, trisim, you could use. You could take it off, put it back. Comes on Ula, no, no, no. Only when you have the svara, only you have the logic that people may come to keep their stores closed, and we want to make sure it doesn't stay closed. The covered yomtiv. Okay. Chazaras v'tiyeh b'migdash nami tanina. Being the kain allowed to put a a um, bandage is also a mishnah. He's allowed to put it on in the base Hamikdash, but not in, uh, but not outside the base Hamikdash out of uh, Rafua. Okay, so again, same question. What's Ula's Chiddush? We already have a Mishnah. What is the reason why a Kayan is allowed to put his bandage back on? Because as we know, rabbinical um, decrees. Prohibitions do not apply in the base of Mikdash. If you look kind of Avaida, you know, I would say, therefore, even a kind who's not part of the Avaida should be, uh, it, it should be allowed because he doesn't need to take it off in order to do the Avaida, right? What happens? A kayan has got a cast on his hand. He's got a cast on his hand. Now, he's not allowed to have a chatzitza. So what's he going to do? He has to take it off. But if he takes it off, he's going to be in trouble. So we're allowing him to put it back on. We say, Kayin, on Yom Tif, take it off, and we're going to allow you to put it back on. So I would have said, I feel Kayin, the Lav Baravaydu, it should be allowed. He tiru seifam mishum tchilasan. The Baravayda in, the Lav Baravayda lai. Therefore, the Chiddush is that only a Kayin, who's part of the Avayda, has this leniency of being allowed to take it off for the Avayda and then put it back on. But a Kayin that's not part of the Avayda doesn't have this leniency. Okay. Next question. We had a fourth case. What was the fourth case that the Chacham permitted the beginning because of the end? To open up a new barrel of wine or new dough. Also, we learned in the Mishnah, if somebody opens up his barrel or makes new dough, to sell to Buda, the Buda says you can finish selling it afterwards. The Chacham says you can't. So again, What's the Chiddush of adding on this case? We already have it in a Mishnah. We don't need an Amayr to tell this to me. It says, I would have thought to say, The Tumah of an Amaretz on a Regal is like Tahara during a, is, uh, is like Tara during a Yom Tif. No, it's the Chachamim 
viewed the Turma of Amaris like it's Mamish Tahar. There's no issue. And even if he didn't start selling it yet, he didn't open it up yet. Therefore, the Chiddush is, we're allowing the end because of the beginning. We want to make sure that these people are, the, the bakers are going to make their dough. The wine sellers are going to be, are going to open up the barrels of wine. And therefore, I would have said that only if he started to sell it yet. If he started, it's okay. If he didn't start, it's not okay. It's not carte blanche. For Ula, my time, why did Ula leave out this last case of the dough and the wine? The plucked like Amari. He says there's a machlekes between the Cham and Rabbi Huda, so he didn't talk about that case. Hanach Nami plucked Other cases as well, we had a machlekes Beishamay Basil, right? By the Trisin. Says the Gemara, Beishamay Makam Basil in a Mishnah. It's not considered a machlekes because you know whenever Beishamay Basil argue, it's very clear who the psak is like, and therefore when there's a clear cup psak, those are the cases he's listing. The final case, the case of the dough, he didn't want to talk about because there it's not so clear who the halacha is like. Okay. Mastis is like Aitana. Our Mishnah is not like the following Tana. The Tana went to the Baisa, Amr Shem and Lazar. Shem and Lazar says, Hill agree. It is. It's not like our Mishnah. According to our Mishnah, Bishami says, now I'll take it off. But according to this Tana, says Shem and Lazar, Bishami Hill agree. That you're allowed to take off the trison on Yamtev Lenechu Alahavs. The whole Machik is about putting it back. Shabbisami says, once you take it off and use it for Yamtev, you're not allowed to put it back. Bisil says, you are permitted to put it back. Says Gemara, Bamedvar Mamurim. When is this true? Bishyesh Lahem Tsir. Okay? Bishyesh Lahem Tsir. When it has a Tsir. Now, um, how are we going to explain the tzir over here? Um, I'll, it, it's kind of like a hinge. A hinge? Yeah? Um, so, if anybody's got a better word for it, let me know. B'sheish lam tzir. Aval ein lam tzir. Divriya kol Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's a removable, uh, right? It's a removable swivel. Okay? Aval ein lam tzir. Divriya kol but if there's no tear, everybody agrees that you can just pop it in, pop it off. There's nothing particular. Um, uh, there's there's nothing particular keeping it there. Vahatanya, but we don't do Mamurim. When is this true? B'shein lam tear only when there's no hinge. Avoyish lam tear derekol aser. If there's no hinge, it's it's everybody holds it's aser. We're saying when there's no hinge, everybody agrees it's mutter. According to this brisa, it's divrei hakol aser. Everybody agrees it is. Not allowed to put it back. Amr Abayi says, "No, let me explain." When there's uh, hinges on the side, everybody agrees. In such a case, it is going to be aser. Okay, why? Says Rashi, because this is the usual binyan. Most things, like window shutters, Tristan, are made like that, and therefore you have to assume that this is a chelik of the building. It's not, you can't view it as a clee on its own. If there's no hinge at all, it just pop in, pop off. Everybody agrees that you're allowed to. It's not, nobody puts stuff into their building like that. It's not binion, it's not slicer. You're absolutely allowed to put it in and take it out. When it has like a middle, when there's a hinge, one hinge, 
right smack dab in middle of uh, um, of the of the shutter. Top of tomorrow's daf. Mar Savar we're going to say, listen, if we start, allow, if we start um, allowing you to do the middle one, you might even, people are going to start popping in their shutters even when it's, uh, even when it's on the side, okay? Which is, we, we said, is a binion. That's like building, and that's a prom. So one opinion is, don't allow this, the, the single middle one. I, it's not the normal act of building, I know, but if you start allowing that, people are going to think it's okay, it's okay and they're going to start doing even the, the building style uh, hinges. Umar suffered like Ashvinan, and the other opinion is um, there's going to be shoot that's basilo. They say, no, there's no gazera. Yeah, only when there's the standard hinge that's used for building is it going to be a problem. If it's just the middle hinge, it will be okay. There's no issue whatsoever. Okay. Gavaldik, we're going to hold it here for this evening. We're up to the mission on the top of Yud Bey's Amr Aleph and Bez Hashem. We will see everybody here tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Bez Hashem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. A good Yar.